healed something very special on the show right now. We've got ESPN's Laurie Horace joining us from Vegas. It's yeah. getting closer, the big game. Laurie, good morning to you. Well, good morning in Australia. Thanks for joining us. This is exciting, isn't it? I have to say this. I'm standing here on about the 400 level um, at Allegiant Stadium looking down on the field. It is an absolute picture. This stadium is uh, truly a marvel. I've been lucky enough to get to a few football stadiums, big stadiums in, in the United States before, and this one is an absolute vision. So the energy is building. The music, you can probably hear a little in the background, uh, but it is, it is someday, and I think um, we're all in for something very, very special when these two teams take the field. Hey, Laurie, from the outside, how many stories are above the ground and how many below the ground of Allegiant? Oh, that's a really good question. I believe they've just got the lower tier, like the lower bowl that would be below the ground. Just looking, I'm yes. looking out through the windows now and just trying to gauge that. Um, and then I think once you get to the 200 and 300 levels here, you're back above the entry level. But it is something you consistently do see um, with American stadiums. I know... I know with Jerry World in, in Arlington in Texas, um, that was what it was a very weird, um, weird feeling the first time I walked in there. You walk in through doors and then all of a sudden you're getting pointed downstairs. But it does create an amazing atmosphere. And I think, I mean, the, the day, it has been freezing cold, I will say, uh, in Las Vegas all week, something that uh, my soft Sydney side attendancies um, aren't used to. Uh, but it's, uh, it's an absolute picture out there. You can see the mountains, snow capped mountains in the distance, and um, it's a blue sky out there. and I think uh, whilst this is an indoor stadium, so it ain't worry about weather, uh, it's all set up for, um, for, for quite an atmosphere. And, and look, someone, we're either getting legacies made or legacies even built more with, uh, with Kansas City Chiefs or with the 49ers. We're getting the narrative that Kyle Shanahan and co. can't get over the final hump. We're getting that flipped on its head. Yes. Hey, with all the narratives around, I'll talk about Taylor Swift in a moment, but I see that the, the 49ers are sort of claiming underdog status. They said that you know, there seems to be... Uh, some sort of conspiracy theories that they were given a substandard training field. They even had a fire alarm at their hotel at six o'clock in the morning. They're saying that was set up as well. Oh, I mean, every week in Super Bowl week, we do hear stories like that. And, you know, someone's trying to do something underhanded. I know the Philadelphia Eagles felt they had some, some um, adversity to overcome in their setup last year in the Super Bowl. Um, I don't think there's a conspiracy theory. I think people can dive into that all, all they want. But as for the 49ers claiming underdog status, last I checked at the, uh, at the bookies across the, uh, across the board, the, the 49ers were slight favourites, you know, two-point favourites, maybe one-and-a-half points, depending where you're seeing it. But I think this one, it, it's so evenly poised. It's not going to be something that, you know, a couple of uh, soggy training paddocks or whatever it was that um, is going to prove the distance here. But I think we've got two very balanced, very talented teams that can take the ball away on defence, that can beat you in different ways on offence. And, I, when you're looking at two talented teams, very aggressive in nature as well, very creative in terms of the coaching and the game calling, I think it could be some fundamentals that's going to be the decisive factor here. And I don't like to be to, to limit it down to something tiny, but I, I really do think when we look at things like tackling and limiting big plays when ball players have the ball in their hand, that's going to be crucial because there's so much talent on the field uh, at the receiver spot and the running back spot for both teams. Yeah, there's good pressure on, that's for sure. The public sentiment seems to be with the San Francisco 49ers. Is that heartfelt or respect for the for the Chiefs? Oh, look, I think, you know, whenever you, what is it, um, you know, you can be the hero or you, you stay, stay around long enough to become the villain and with the Kansas City Chiefs, this much yes. success has naturally turned some public sentiment against them. It's, we see it with dynasties, 
you know, throughout the NFL. We saw it with the Patriots. We saw it with Dallas Cowboys. We've seen it with Steelers. These types of dynasties tend to turn public sentiment. People like something fresh and something new. And, and obviously Brock Purdy, you know, this is someone who was the last pick in his draft. Mr. Irrelevant, we know all of that. Kyle Shanahan, who is such a gifted offensive mind, but in some ways a bit of a, not a tragic figure, but a pointed figure in terms of coming up short. He was obviously the offensive coordinator in the 28-3 uh, collapse for the Atlanta Falcons. But I do think public sentiment's there, and I think the crowd will probably be a little towards the 49ers. It was four years ago in Miami, probably at 60-40. But those, uh, those Chiefs fans can go above uh, their build number. Um, it helps, uh, I know, four years ago when they had Eric Stone Street getting on camera revenue mark. Uh, but I do think that the uh, the crowd will probably lean, at least my experience this week, opening night and walking the street. And there's a little more 49er uh, uniforms out there in the crowd than cheap. Hey, Lord, give us your take on the Mahomes-Kelsey combination. It's been lethal, particularly in the postseason. Oh, it's, it's, it's quite simply one of the greatest one-two punches in, in the history of the NFL. You know, Travis Kelsey has an innate ability to not just beat his man one-on-one and whatever the route's called, but when Patrick Holmes does go into scramble mode, as he's known to do, uh, Travis Kelsey has a fantastic ability to feel for where the open spot is in the, in the defense, settle into an area and create some chunk plays between him and Mayama Holmes. They have an innate connection. They see the game very similarly. Perhaps Travis Kelsey's um, pass as a quarterback, you know, prior playing quarterback at the junior level of football, maybe that helps how he sees the field and how he connects with what Patrick Holmes sees out there. But they are one of the greatest tandems we've seen in the NFL, and particularly in the postseason. They don't shy away from the big moments, and you know we've seen what Kelsey's done in recent weeks, despite the fact that we were questioning if he'd gone past his prime during the regular season. And then for, for Mahomes, he's now played 17 postseason games. His record in those postseason games is 14-3. and three. He's thrown almost, 40, I think, over 4,800 yards in those 17 games, 39 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. That's an MVP season out of 17 games in his postseason career against the best teams in the NFL all you need to know about the tier these guys are able to go to at the biggest stage. You mentioned Kyle Shanahan. Give it, it, that's a, one of the great matchups. Andy Reid and he. Um, will versatility be needed in here? Will, will they need to make some pretty big changes at times or will their you know, normal game style suffice? I think for Kyle Shanahan, I, I hope, and I know, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's forgotten more about football than most of us will ever know, but they would have had a really good look at what the Baltimore Ravens did and tried to do the opposite. The Baltimore Ravens went away from the run game despite being in that contest, despite being a very talented running team. San Francisco 49ers, also a very talented running running attack. They rank in the top three, top five in most rushing statistics as a team. Mm-hmm. What the Baltimore Ravens did, getting one-dimensional, dropping back and trying to send passes deep against a Steve Spagnuolo defense that likes to tee off and get creative with their blitzes. So sending lots of bodies after the quarterback. The 49ers just do a need to avoid that trap. But Kyle Shanahan, as long as they just maintain balance, as long as they, if they can get that run game going early and then build the passing attack off that. And there's an old line from, uh, from one of the Mighty Ducks movies, you know, learning how to play two-way hockey, playing two-way football, keeping that, that very aggressive and talented Kansas City Chiefs defense on their toes or on their heels a little bit, not knowing exactly what's coming, avoiding one-dimensional football. Uh, that's going to be massive for Kyle Shanahan and Look, for him, it's, it's actually interesting because he's kind of where Andy Reid was when Andy Reid finished up with the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the most gifted offensive minds, honestly seen as one of the game-changing offensive thinkers in the NFL. And yet, for Andy Reid in, in Philadelphia, he was unable to get over the hump and win that Super Bowl. What he's done in Kansas City Chiefs has changed his narrative. And now, Kyle Shanahan in a similar spot to where Reid was, you know, a decade or so ago, 
but another chance to to change that narrative and and earn Super Bowl victory just like his father did. Hey, you knew the question was coming. Can we give uh, can, just before we leave you? Can you give us a Tay Tay update? <laughs> well, I just want to give some credit to Taylor Swift. I mean. Whether you're a big fan of her music or not, all the graphs, all the images, all the maps that people were drawing up on social media, oh, she'll need to leave at this time and this time she'll need to get this connecting flight. She beat the mark by hours and hours and hours. I think she beat it by about eight hours on what we might have thought the arrival time was. So credit to her. You know, that's a, that's a uh, you know, Swift by uh, name, Swift by nature. Um, so she'll be here. Um, I'm sure she'll be on screen. Um, I think the mark I saw around the traps was over uh, under seven and a half Taylor. Uh, the Swift appearances on screen. I like the under on that a bit. I think, I think you know, going to eight, two Taylor Swift shots per quarter, I think that's a little rich, particularly because with these two deep, I think these two offenses, we know what San Francisco can do when they get that, when they get on a roll. And, and look at what Kansas City did when they were protecting Patrick Mahomes in the first half against Baltimore. Really long drives. So if you think that, you know, during this game, there's going to be a quarter where the San Francisco 49ers put together a 12-play, nine-minute drive. That's a long stretch to not be cutting away to Taylor Swift because we're not getting cutaways there when George Kittle picked up a first down. <laughs> well, well, if they're going well, she's on. If they're going really bad, she'll be on. And if it's really tight, she'll be on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Laurie, brilliant to chat. Uh, can't wait for this game. I mean, back in Australia, it's generated uh, massive Interest, it just seems to be getting bigger and bigger globally, doesn't it, every year? It absolutely does. I think in Australia, we think days off, right? Days off that people take on the working day. We know a lot about sporting events happen on weekend, but you think about the Melbourne Cup on a Tuesday that people take off from work. And, and Super Bowl Monday has, has become one of the biggest, I, I think it may be, the, is it the second biggest day off that people take from work and, um, to, to, you know, head to the pub and, you know, maybe there's a corporate event, maybe you're just meeting up with, with your friends to watch the game, but it grows bigger and bigger every year. And for all this talk about Taylor Swift and history and all that, look, you've got a chance to be part of history if you tune into this game, because I think it's a very, very good chance that we're seeing a record-breaking uh, audience tune into this one in America and around the world. Righto, Laurie. Who are you tipping? I am going with the Kansas City Chiefs here. 26 to 20 is my pick. I see, I see uh, a good offense performance, but enough splash flash from the defense to stall out some drives there. Um, and I, I, I'm leaning towards Kansas City because I think they have a better quarterback. I think they have a more more solid offensive line across the board, especially where they've been protecting Patrick Mahomes for the last month or so. And I, I prefer their defense um, and the, the impact players they have at all three levels um, compared to San Francisco, which I think have shown some issues defending the run. We'll see if Kansas City can exploit that. Brilliant. From ESPN, Laurie Horace. Laurie, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks, Laurie. An, an absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys.